Welcome back, everybody, to the Researching the Fighter podcast. We are live now on video and in crystal clear audio from my bedroom. I am joined with a new co-host here, Lucas Handy. Do you want to introduce yourself, talk about you know your experience with MMA, fighting, and uh, what got you into the sport and everything like that? Yeah, I'm Lucas Handy. Uh, I'm a two-division champion in the UFC. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm Daniel's roommate. Uh, the one who got me into uh, sports betting into the first place. We'll put that in there. Yeah, uh, lackluster gambler, uh, <laughs> MMA enthusiast, and part-time owner of Bare Knuckle and uh, investor of Bare Knuckle FC. Yeah, big moves there. We'll, we can talk about that later, but. Uh, Let's get into our review of UFC Fight Night. Um, we have, oh my gosh, sorry. We have a big fight that we are reviewing in Jamal, uh, Johnny Walker versus Jamal Hill. What a main event. I told you what was going to happen when you were making your bets for that day. I told you that Jamal Hill was going to knock him out. I mean, that was a very interesting card. We'll start off. Are there any prelims that you wanted to talk about from that card? Shoot some names at me. Um, I think the Chase Skelly fight was a pretty good one there. Chase Skelly to come out there. Or is it, is it Skelly? Chas Skelly? Chase? I think it's Chaz. Chas Skelly. His fight was a pretty good one. Especially since it's, what, it's one of his last fights in the MMA. I believe so. So, I mean, he went out there and knocked him out in the second round with a knee. That was a great win. Um, I think, really, the best, the best fights from this card were really in the on the main card. Uh, I think we'll start it off with Yoquin Buckley, the St. Louis native, 314. That's why I'm wearing the jersey, got to represent. That was a, first of all, that that fight the whole time was promoted by everyone, all the com- UFC commentators and everything. They were saying that this fight could not have made it past the first round. Uh, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan's, all, pretty much every single one of his wins came from the first round uh, knockout in the UFC. Yoquan Buckley holds some of the nastiest knockouts and quickest knockouts in the UFC. And this fight went the distance. What do you like? I don't know. I, I really I didn't expect the fight to go the distance, but Well, first off, Joaquin Buckley came out with Commander Brown in his corner. Yeah. That is for, for those of you who don't know who Commander Brown is, Commander Brown is I mean, you you know more about Commander Brown than Detroit I. Urban Survival Tactics. <laughs> If you don't know what that is, just look it up. You'll be thoroughly entertained. Uh, he can't, you can't fail there. But he came out with him in his corner. Do you think that really elevated his uh, fighting game? Do you think learning, you know, how to defend yourself from someone with a gun, taught you, uh, teaches you to become a better UFC fighter? What, what, what are your thoughts there? Well, Commander Brown is now one and now as a quarterman in the UFC. <laughs> so. So every time Commander Brown's, we're throwing, we're throwing down for Commander Brown. That's it could be a sign. I, all right. Well, other than that, um, Buckley really, in my opinion, dominated the first cup, the first round. We both thought that he dominated the first round there. The second round clearly went uh, Buckley's way, but the third round, third round was a really big question. Third round went very heavily in Abdul's favor. He held him on the ground a lot. Uh, a lot of this fight honestly went to wrestling, which is something that none of us, you know, not a lot of us were necessarily prepared for. But Abdul really took it to the ground in the third round and held him down and did not let him get up. And I honestly thought Yoquin was going to lose when it came to the decision. And uh, 
I don't know how he really pulled out the win there. There was something really kind of surprising, but at the end I of the day, I think they're both great fighters. I think um, they're both great, yeah. If you watch the fight, you can see the evolution in Buckley's game. Uh, I attribute that to Commander Brown, but I'm not in his corner, so I don't know. But you can really, you can really tell that he, you know, he slowed down a lot. And if you look at the guy, he looks like a, you know, movie character. He's built like a brick. He throws vicious right hands. He's got extremely high level kicking, decent, decently high level wrestling, takedown defenses on point, and I think all the talent has been what's in his way. Uh, up until this point so whatever he's doing now he slowed the game down he's picking his shots you know he's circling out when it when uh when uh abdul presses forward the evolution is there uh and abdul as well you know he's just he's definitely known as a knockout guy as a striker more of a right hand guy uh but we saw his wrestling um next fight jim miller most fights in the ufc OG. OG, OG Jim with another win to add to his column. I mean, so what is he, one or two wins away from... Beast. I think they're tied, right? I, I think they're tied. I, that, he he either has the most wins or the most fights. Yeah, I think he's got the most fights for sure. Uh, but I think he is tied for most wins in UFC history as well. Uh, Jim Miller getting the knockout, absolutely laying it on Nicholas Mata. You know, didn't look like a close fight at all. Hey, but look, Nicholas Mata... If you if you if you hear this, what a what a tough draw for your first fight in the UFC. Yeah. I mean, what a tough draw to fight Jim Miller in your first fight. That is not an easy answer because that man has seen it all. He has seen it all inside the octagon. Absolutely. He can he can fight from all angles in the octagon at this point, and uh, he kept it standing during this one, and he he put Nicholas on his on his butt, knocked his ass out. So, moving on, we had a pretty lackluster fight in Parker Porter and Alan Badeau. Not really much to talk about there. Parker Porter kind of fighting like a bum. Still got the win on a decision, split decision. Both fighters kind of looked like they were completely gassed by the end of the fight. It really wasn't too much action to talk you know, about. I'm really interested in this Alan Badeau guy, Joe. Okay. I want to see how like what more he could do. It's just he hasn't really shown us. You know, he's good at striking. Um, you know, he's good at takedown defense, but. He hasn't really shown, you know, how versatile he is outside of that. So until he can really show us, I think he's a young guy. He's young, right? Um, I think so. Alan Badeau, we'll look at his profile real quick. I'm pretty sure Alan's at least like 34. He's 34 years old. So he, you know, not too young. Yeah, kind of starting to fall out of there. But uh, then our next fight, co-main event. Kyle Dawkins versus Jamie Pickett. This was a good fight. Uh, Kyle Dawkins, man, I think this guy's the. I think he's a real deal. He's Dark's choke. Dude, he's incredible. I think he is a real deal. This and was a catchweight event, so keep in mind this was catchweight. Why? But Why was that catchweight? Huh? Why was that catchweight? Um, I think it was because Jamie couldn't make. It one of our, was it because Kyle had just recently fought, uh, Derek Lewis? No. 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 Nah, that was a different. I don't know why it was catchweight, but it was catchweight. Kyle comes in, shows his submission ability once again, puts him in a Darce choke, and ends it in the first round with one second left. That was also. Had him tapping with one second left. Jamie almost made it out of the round, but to be honest, it was not looking good for Jamie that entire first round. 
Kyle controlled him on the ground for about four minutes of the round and completely out-dominated him striking on the feet before it went down. So Kyle was probably going to get the win no matter what there, but I like Kyle a lot. He, for a big man, he can move on the ground. He's really, really, really susceptible on the ground. Look at that record, too, 11-2. Yeah, 11-2, and two, man. He's... Didn't one of those losses come to Kevin Holland in, like, a weird disqualification I think, or something? I thought it was... About a, his brother. I thought they tied. What? Well, I don't see an 0-1. Yeah, the no contest. Yeah, it was a draw. Yeah, a draw. So it was a no contest, mm-hmm. but yeah, they called Kevin it. Kevin Holland, my boy. Yeah, Kevin, we love you. You didn't you win on. that fight, but I love you. We love you on this. We love. We both love you, Kevin. We we both want to see more of you for sure. Um, all right. So one seventy now too. Making moves, man. Making moves. All right. Main event of the evening: Johnny Walker versus Jamal Hill. Sweet Dreams Hill. First of all, Johnny Walker. I was talking about this in the last podcast. For those of you who don't know, Johnny Walker was the man that people were saying, this is going to be the guy that defeats John Jones. This is going to be the, you know, one of the greatest UFC fighters of all time. Feels like a lifetime ago now. Let me put this to bed right now. Johnny Walker will not fight in the UFC anymore. I don't think he's going to get his contract renewed. I don't I don't see any way in which Johnny Walker can now one draw any sort of promotion value to his name no one no one wants to see johnny walker fight anymore before it was kind of an exciting thing but now it's oh johnny walker's fighting again he's probably gonna get knocked clean is he's coming off what this is now his fourth fight in a row losing or five it's either four or five now i thought he was coming off of a win what i thought he lost to uh his last fight i'm pretty sure he's on a four fight losing streak oh okay well he beat fucking uh Ryan Spann in a by knocking him out in the first round, but then you can cuss on this. Lost to Tiago, huh? You can cuss on this. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Lost to Tiago Santos and lost to Jamal Hill. I mean, I just don't see any more fights for him in the future. Jamal though, Jamal went out there and looked exactly what how I wanted. Johnny him Walker's look. chin. <laughs> I mean, Johnny. Uh, the real question is, what happened to Johnny Walker's, like, he, in my opinion, in his, you know, earlier fights that you watch where people are starting to say all these things like, oh, he's going to be the one to beat John Jones and everything. If you really look at those fights, there's one thing there, too, is Johnny Walker is so much more patient in those fights. He's a lot more decisive with the moves that he makes. Um, and then with the moves that he does make, he's so much more explosive with them. And he's, he's so much more versatile. But the last couple of fights he goes out there... It looks like he's trying to make it like a very basic striking match. And the one person in that division you really don't want to make a basic boxing striking match with is Jamal Hill. He's got the strongest hands and the fastest hands in that light heavyweight division at the time right now, except for maybe Yuri. I think Yuri's probably got stronger hands because Yuri sits there punching trees all day on Instagram. When's that fight? Uh, I think that's March. I think that's going to be March or... uh, Is he fighting Glover? Yeah. That'll That'll be for the championship. Uh, poor Glover, man. Talk about talk about throwing a forty year old to the wolves, bro. Yuri will go in there and absolutely eat him alive. I I'm, honestly don't know if I can pay to watch that. That is that will be paying to watch an old man get brutally beat to death. I don't know. I disagree. You think Glover really? I disagree. I mean, I I like that hot take, but I think Yuri will go out there and actually hurt him. Absolutely. I think he's going to make him in so much pain that he will tap by like no matter what. Yuri is 
probably the most skilled light heavyweight I've seen since John Jones. And he's got all the moves. I, and that's not that's not a light statement. However, Glover, I don't know what happened to him, but for some reason his late thirties, early forties has been his prime time. And I, sh- I wouldn't want to fight him in his prime. I wouldn't want to fight him in his prime either. But watching the way that, I mean. To me, it looked like Jan had already lost his fight against Glover before that fight even started. And Glover hit him with a really lucky punch on the chin that really hurt Jan for some reason. And when he went for that rear naked choke, Jan just couldn't like bear the pain and had to choke or had to tap out. But I just I, I don't see Glover you know, I think that was a lucky fight for Glover one, but I just I don't see Glover being able to handle all the power, quickness and and energy that Yuri's going to come at him with. I think Glover's going to be playing a much more defensive game during that one, and I think Yuri's going to dominate the division for a good amount of time. Now. I think I'd like to see... Uh, I think next I'd like to see... All that praise for Sweet Dreams, and you're just going to throw him out the window like Well, that? that's what I said. I'd like to see, you know, maybe Jan versus Sweet Dreams next. Uh, but I just, you know, who else do you see as a prospect in this division besides... Those four names that we've been talking about. And Jamal Hill, Glover, Yuri, and Jan Blakovich. Do you have any, like, I just, I can't think of any other, you know, people. Well, I think, I think Sweet Dreams, uh-oh. Camera down. Oh, camera down. I think Sweet Sorry. Dreams goes to the top ten now, right? He just beat the number ten in the world. Right. Um, and, look, I mean, you got you got some legends in the division. I, I would love to see Sweet Dreams fight Dominic Reyes next. I think that's a great fight. I think you got two athletic, strong strikers. I'd like to see him fight Anthony Smith. And then you have Anthony Smith, you know? Anthony Smith, Lionheart, right? You, if you get you him fighting Anthony. That guy out. Um, stylistically, it could be interesting. Although, I mean, Ozemir's a good one. Another Reyes really interesting, Magomed Ankalev. Yeah, I think he has a fight scheduled. Really? Okay, because yeah. he he came off a big win on that same card that uh, Jan and, and Glover fought on. Yeah. I like Magomed in that division. He's a really balanced fighter. Like overall, he he can he's got everything that you you want in a fighter. Nothing more, nothing less. You know, I want to see him improve some more, especially the Russian. You know, I love my Russian fighters, but I like Magomed in that division. So I mean, Jamal definitely has some some names he could be looking at next, but. I, I don't know. There's not a ton of prospects in this division. This is this is in my opinion by far the boring, most boring division in the UFC to really watch, besides maybe uh, a really low level heavyweight fight. But other than that, well, I mean, John Jones cleared the division out for what six years. Yeah. So I mean, there there was a lot of people who didn't really want to fight, but you know, there are some exciting names. So we'll keep an eye on the on the light heavyweight division, but. Now, we are moving on to our review of the fights this weekend. Oh my god, I'm so excited for this weekend's fights. For those of you who don't know, we are in our last UFC fight night of the month. Islam Maklachev versus Bobby Green. So first of all, for those of you who don't know, this was supposed to be Islam Maklachev versus... Uh, Benil Dairouche, but Benil Dairouche had to take out of the fight due to a some sort of leg injury. Not necessarily sure exactly what it is. So Bobby Green, coming off of a fight that he had two weeks ago, agreed to a catchweight bout with the number four lightweight in the world, Islam. Let's talk about big ball Bobby Green real second. Why would he ever do that? 
Why would you do well, that? Like, if you're going through Bobby's head, like, what makes you think that that's, like, a good idea? We've been talking about this fight for a while. We've been to Okay, yeah. So, me and Handy, I placed a bet with Handy. Uh, when did I do this? Like, last year. I want to say 2021. Yeah, I made this bet last year in 2021. I told Handy that by the end of this year, 2022, Islam Maklachev would be the champion of the lightweight division. That's it. All he had to do was have the belt at one point. He didn't have to keep it. And I put 250 down on, with you to win 1,000 on four to one odds, and it was looking pretty promising for me when Islam had what looks like, you know, in my opinion, what was a number one title or number one contender spot. Uh, you know, Islam and Benil Dairouche, they're number three, and number four in the world. So, you know, you have the number one and number two guy, or the champion and the number one guy fighting. You've got the number two guy. Or already saying he's going up to welterweight. And then, so, you know, those next, that leaves you with just Islam and, and Benil. And they're, you know, they were ready to fight. They were scheduled to fight. That was clearly looking like a number one contender's fight. Now we're looking at Bobby Green. So, I, I first of all, I just want to talk about really like outcomes here, potential outcomes here. So, first, well, well, we we go with the obvious outcome. What most people think are going to happen, what I think is going to happen, Islam goes out there and dominates him. Absolutely dominates him. Either TKOs him or submits him at some point in the first or second round. Um, what what do you think? Where? Oh my God! And the betting lines keep changing. It's minus nine hundred Islam now. So betting lines keep going I down. I think he moved down to minus eight hundred. Oh, okay. Shout out DraftKings. Shout out DraftKings. Um, so, would you, if you were Dana White, right, and you're looking at this fight, Islam wins this fight. Absolutely goes out there and dominates this fight. And that puts Islam at a... So, what's the question? Is this a number one contender's fight? Yes. Or who wins? Well, what, what, what happens to the winner? So, if Islam wins this fight, wh where does he go next? Well, I think if Islam wins in the first round, it's a no Because he's on a 10-fight winning streak right now. If he wins this, it'll be 11-fight win streak. I think if he goes out there and in the first five minutes of the fight, either submits, knocks out, finishes Bobby Green, I think it's a no-brainer that he's fighting for the title. However, if this fight goes four rounds, five rounds, decision, what, I mean, what, what would you do in that, in that case? If he still wins, man, that's 11 fights. You cannot take away an 11-fight win streak, especially in arguably the hardest division in the UFC. I mean, sure, a good amount of those names are people that we'll probably never see ever again in the UFC that we don't know about, probably never will give a shit to know about, but he still does have some other wins against bigger names like Dan Hooker which Dan Hooker is a really, really respectable fighter, the hangman. The hangman. And Islam went out there and put him in a goddamn Kimura in, in seconds. It was, it was so easy for him. Why does my computer keep doing that? But it, he made it look easy. He made it look easy against someone who was going to go out there, told him he was going to try and box with him, and Islam put him on his back within 30 to 45 seconds and had his arm behind his back and almost broke it in about a minute and a half. He set him to 145. Yeah. So, I don't know. Where, if, if, if I was Dana and Islam wins, no matter what, I think Islam gets the title shot next. But now let's so what, go. That's what happens if Bobby Green wins. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Now let's, let's move on to the next big question. 
What happens if Bobby Green wins? Well, it's only fair, right? No. If Islam wins, absolutely he gets not. So this isn't a number one contender. No, fight. this is for Islam. That's how I'm looking at this because Bobby's not on an 11 fight win streak, 10 fight win streak, nine fight, eight fight, seven. But fight. if Bobby wins, he goes to the top. What is Islam three? Islam is four. Yeah, so so he goes if to four. I if so if if he wins. I, I see him definitely breaking the top five. He goes to four. He goes to four, but I don't – I mean, yeah, he'll go to four. He'll go to four. But, I mean, you keep in mind he's unranked right now. So then he fights Benny, and then the winner of that fights for the title? If if Bobby wins, yeah. yeah. If Bobby wins, yeah. Because if Bobby wins this fight, then Bobby has just as much of a say. Because Islam – Benny was the only other person who had as much of a say as Islam – for you know, saying that they're the number one contender because Dairush was also on a you know his nine, own eight fight. Is it eight fights? Could be eight, could be seven. I think eight, could be nine. He's on a seven fight win streak, so that's a really like we said, it is so unbelievably hard to keep a win streak, especially in, in this division of the UFC. He took out some killers too. Oh, I mean, he he made Tony, he broke Tony Ferguson's arm. He broke Tony Ferguson's arm. Tony Ferguson. In my opinion, Tony Ferguson is really Pineda. his only big one. That Drakkar he, Close, who you look, Drakkar Close was supposed to be, you know, yeah. Big time. But in my opinion, though, Drew Dober supposed to be big time. Close was a, a a bum, and so is Drew Dober. I say the only person he really fought and had to have a really tough fight with. Well, it wasn't actually tough for him. Diego Pineda is a beast. Was Ferguson? Don't discount my Brazilian man. Yeah, well, whatever, but. Bobby Green, if he wins this fight, which I, I don't see him doing at all, but if he somehow does manage to win this fight, I mean, Bobby does, you know, now have a say. He, he, he now has his foot wide open in the door on what happens in this lightweight division. Should we make a pick? Well, that's what this uh, whole podcast is, is making picks. Who you got? Well, I think everyone already knows who I'm riding with. Oh, I wish I had, like, my Russian flag with me, but... I'm riding with the king of the new light heavy, oh, not light heavyweight, but the king of the new lightweight division, Islam Makhlachev. We will see Khabib in the corner again on Saturday, and Khabib will be there cheering on his brother. Hasbulla going to be there? I hope so. If Hasbulla is there, guaranteed. If you are out there and you see Hasbulla out there in his fit, fighting fit, you know, Instagram video out, ice on his neck. If you're not putting your whole house mortgage on Islam Makhlachev after that, I don't know what you're doing. You should stop betting. All right, co-main event. Honestly, an exciting one. Misha, I, I wish I could pronounce Misha's last name. Serkinov and Wellington Terman. These are two guys who are representing countries that they only live in but are not from. That's something that's always fun for me to watch. Um... This is a where's Wellington from? I'm pretty sure Wellington is from uh, somewhere in the UK. Any trains with Teixeira? I think so. But I love his nickname, the Prodigy. He's a young kid from Brazil. But he's not the or oh yeah he is he's not the favorite in the fight. Misha's the yeah I mean it's a pick 'em fight for sure. I've seen Misha fight before. I like watching Misha fight. He's much more of a striker than he is a ground person, though. So it'll be exciting to see how he fights someone like Wellington, who does like to keep the fight more on the feet. 
Um, but this is really just a pick em, pick em bout for the middleweight division. So it'll be fun to watch. I think it'll be a fight that goes the distance for sure. If you want to bet on something like that, I would definitely bet on this fight going the distance. I don't think either of these boxers, or not boxers, but strikers are going to necessarily put each other out. Um, match three, Ji Yeon Kim versus Priscilla Cacioria. I am so bad. I really apologize, ladies, for butchering your names. An exciting women's flyweight bout that we got. I mean... It's really hard for me, and we, we both talked about this before. It's really hard for us to necessarily talk about or get really excited about fighting in, in women's divisions just because of how dominant the champions are of their divisions, right? Besides what we thought was going to be another dominance performance from Amanda Nunez versus Juliana Pena, we had never, like, we always usually, especially in the UFC, as fans, I feel like a lot of us really typically only look at the the champions of the women's divisions because really, even then, like, the, the distance between the champion and the number one contender, it, it's so great sometimes. It's, it's so unbelievably great. In my opinion, in the next, like, two to three years, any person who tries to fight Valentina Svinchenko will get brutally slaughtered out there. Like she, she's basically a man fighting in her division, and and she absolutely dominates it. I don't see anyone taking Thug Rose's position away except for Zhang Wei Li, and she lost. She had her chance to come back and get it, and got dominated. Absolutely. And then you also have I think the Juliana. Are on the rise though, uh, and that 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 would be my point. You know, besides Valentina, I, I she doesn't really have a nemesis or like a. Uh, hmm antagonist no. but if you look at the other two divisions Nunez met her match in Juliana Pena and Wei Li is a good fighter and they've had besides for the you know right kick to the left kick to the jaw that dropped her that dropped her that one fight most she, beautiful knockout that was a really really close challenging fight yeah and I think as the years as the years to come we will see more women step up to the champions and put them yeah. really close fights so if you look at the betting odds of these women fights, I think Nunez close is a nine to one favorite. Shevchenko was like a six and a half or seven to one favorite. It's there's it's like some, boxing odds. Yeah, they they really are shocking. Um, but there you are right. There are a lot of exciting prospects. I think Aspen Ladd is a very exciting one. Um, who was that girl with all the tattoos that we were watching? Two weekends ago, Jessica Rose Clark. Jessica Rose Clark. Jessica. If you're listening to this, wow. All right. Uh, on to our fourth match of the night. We have Arman Sarukian versus Yoel Alvarez. So this will be an exciting lightweight fight. Yoel is a new prospect in the division. He's going against a wrestler. Yoel is known for striking. I mean, I feel like this is just another one of those telltale stories in the UFC. Does the striker knock out the wrestler or does the wrestler submit the striker this is more of a pick em. Armand's a, a bit of a heavier favorite here because his his wrestling is good and he's shown it in the UFC already to be pretty dominant especially in a lightweight division I, I'm excited to see Yoel uh, with his striking here I'm actually I'm going to take Yoel in this one too so if he makes weight he wins yeah if he makes weight he'll win alright Last fight on the main card, and then we'll talk about one fight in the prelims. We have Ardman Petrosian versus Gregory Rodriguez. 
I really don't know much about either of these fighters, to be honest. I think this will just be another pick of match. I know Armen is a wrestler. Uh, Gregory is a striker. But is it Armin's first fight? It might be Armin's first fight in the UFC at the middleweight division. Yeah, series. he's a, he won off the contender series. Tough draw, tough my man. Draw. I don't know anything about you yet, but that's a tough draw. That is a tough draw to go against a man like Gregory Rodriguez, who is coming off of two two wins and a dominant knockout win. He's undefeated in the UFC. He's undefeated, so this will be a good match. For those of you who enjoy a great middleweight bout, uh, you know, fuck it. I'm going to take Gregory there. I'll take Gregory. But the main thing we want to talk about next in our, on our prelims, we got the fastest. Is the, he, so he holds the record for the fastest knockout in the lightweight division, right? Seven seconds, Terrence McKinney. Is that what it is? I think seven it, it's, seven, it's seven seconds. I know it's seven seconds for a fact. So... Big fight. I'm surprised they really have this on the prelims. Dana, I'm pretty disappointed in you for doing that. I think this fight definitely deserves to be on the main card, if not, you know, the fifth fight on the main card or the fourth fight. But Terrence McKinney will be fighting this Saturday. For those of you who love exciting, quick action fights, Terrence McKinney is your guy. Uh, Terrence is a freak. He is filled with power. Filled with speed. We haven't really seen Terrence have to go through, you know, too much adversity. He's only had one other fight in the... He's only had one fight in the UFC. So, but... Here, you want to fix the camera real quick? We're starting to slide down a little bit. Sorry, guys. He only has one fight in the UFC. And... And it was seven seconds long. Seven seconds long. And he knocked him out. Clean. I mean, that was the cleanest one-two yeah. jab I've ever seen. That was UFC 263, too. You know, that was down in Houston, I think. Yo, the fans went crazy for that one. That's he, a big stage. Huge stage. And and he went out there and dominated on that stage, too. I mean, it looked like he, he was fresh, ready to go. But now he is fighting someone who has got a little bit more of, you know, a say in, in the division. Ferris is uber talented. Very, very talented. I'm sorry, we're just pulling up some uh, some stats here. But Ferris is not someone to mess around with. What in the heck? Why can't? Where's my UFC.com? I don't think they're ranked. No, neither of them are ranked. Um. Oh God. Either of them are ranked. I was trying to just trying to look at who he had beaten recently because I know he had beat. I know Perez has beaten someone good recently. All right, yeah. So Perez is coming. So he Luigi. Yeah, Luigi. That's who it was, dude. Okay, so he's beaten Luigi Vendramini, who is a a great prospect. Uh, oh, so he fought at welterweight too. Okay, yeah. So Frez is fighting. He fought at welterweight before and is now going down to lightweight to fight Terrence McKinney. Frez has got hands. He's, he's got some serious power behind his hands. So I think this will be an exciting fight. Uh, Terrence is actually the betting, uh, you know, not the, he's not the favorite. He's actually, I mean, it's a pick him fight. He's plus 105, but he surprisingly is not the favorite in this fight in which, especially most fights, Vegas loves to 
make the most hype fighter usually the favorite. So this one's too weird. This is a little weird, you know. Vegas, whenever they do something like that, it uh it definitely gets people questioning what is really going on. So Ferris moved down to lightweight. Yeah. Because so, of the three decisions in a row. Yeah. All right. And then my favorite thing to talk about every time we do one of these podcasts. Besides Bobby Green being the biggest underdog of the card, our second biggest underdog is Michael Gilmore. Mm-hmm. UFC just has this weird thing, man, where those huge underdogs always somehow find a way to win. It's going to be a welterweight bout. He's fighting Ramiz. Brahim, I'm not even going to try and pronounce your name. Yeah, Ramiz. he's a Dallas boy. Shout out Rob Ramiz. Not even going to try and pronounce Shout it. Shout out Fortis MMA, Coach Saif Saeed. Ramis Best is in the business. coming off of a... Decision loss to uh, Court McGee. He uh, he doesn't have really a pretty record. This is I don't know why. Is this Michael Gilmore? It's got to be Michael Gilmore's first fight. Is he coming off a uh, contender? I'm not gonna series? lie, I've never heard of Michael Gilmore. I've never so heard. Shout of him out either. Michael Gilmore. Yeah, Michael Gilmore. You're getting you're getting the shout outs right now. But oh yeah, Michael Gilmore. Michael the Gentleman Gilmore losing. Oh, that's an A one nickname, my man. Isn't he the one who Petrovsky? Isn't that the Dana White contender suit? Or we is... could do a podcast just about nicknames. Just nicknames. I kind of like that. We idea. could talk about the nicknames because the gen- Michael, the gentleman Gilmore. That's a top five nickname. The Maybe gentleman. top ten. The I gentleman. Mean, this won't be his first fight in the UFC. He he has fought once already and Petrosky. got knocked out by is it Andre? Yeah, knocked out by Andre Petrosky, who, beast. I mean, Andre is the winner. Oh, he lost to Brian Battle. Yeah, so he, I mean, he lost to Brian Battle in his Dana White Contender Series championship fight. That was tough, I think. It was a tough, tough loss. And that was the ultimate fighter. Oh, yeah. Not the, contender. Was it contender or was it the Oh, it was, it was the ultimate fighter. Yeah, not contender, my bad. But um, that's how I, I knew. I, I felt like I knew the name because I, I did watch the season's ultimate fighter, so. Michael Gilmore's not bad. He's not bad. Uh, but it will be interesting to see, you know, how how he deals with someone. I, I don't know. This is a weird fight because Ramiz has, a, you know, I guess Ramiz just has more experience. That's why they're giving it to him as a, as a heavy favorite. But for those of you who uh, know anything, just sprinkle a little money on Michael. Just sprinkle a little money, a little money on Gilmore. And... Uh, you might be paid out a little bit more than you were expecting. That's for sure. Uh, I mean, Ramiz just doesn't really have any huge name, huge wins over any names that I'm really seeing here. And he's only had three fights in the UFC, and he's only won one of them. And, you know, two of them almost went the full distance. So, Well, his ear fell off on the first one. Really? Oh, is this that guy? Okay. I could see why Michael Gilmore is the very heavy underdog now. This dude is tough as nails. He tried to keep fighting. Yeah, they wouldn't let him. They wouldn't let him keep fighting because of the blood. But if if his it, entire ear fell off, he's going to. All right, well, Mr. Gentleman Michael Gilmore, you are going to have a very tough chin on your hands to deal with there on that one. So now let's just wrap it up real quick. Who are you taking as your three-man parlay of the weekend? Put me on the spot, huh? Three-man parlay off the top of the dome. I'm taking Alvarez at plus 180. 
I'm taking McKinney at plus 105, and I'm taking Bobby Green at plus 500. Wow. So he is taking every single possible underdog on the card that you could take there. Awful idea. Um, I'm going to be taking Islam to win his fight. I'm going to be taking uh, – where is he? I'm taking Terrence McKinney. I do like Terrence McKinney. I do want to see Terrence win. And then I'm also going to take I'll take Misha. I'm going to take Misha over Wellington. So that'll be my three-man parlay. Throw some money on that. Make some money. Don't don't bet on Bobby Green, please. Don't don't listen to Luke. Bobby Green is a live dog. Don't do Bobby no- Green is the livest dog on the card besides Alvarez. Yeah, don't bet on Bobby Green. Islam is gonna Islam's gonna make him look foolish. All right. If Bobby Green wins. We're doing an emergency podcast on Monday just so I can shit on Dan for about half an hour. Yeah. All right. And then when Islam wins, we're only getting closer to that thousand dollars, baby. We're only getting closer and closer and closer. And I just I see my I see my thousand dollars coming in a rear naked choke on Saturday night. Uh. Anything else you want to say to the people? Anything else you want to... I love the people. Dude, that's, that's it. Just you love the people. I really... I, I, like, the, I like the fit that you came out with. This is, this is our first, uh, you know, podcast that we're actually recording with the camera. Let us know how you guys like it. Uh, this first was really, many, right? really his idea. He really wanted to do the camera. I'm, I'm camera shy. I'm not really liking it. Jackson has done a couple of these already for... Uh, researching the passer he's done a couple camera ones already so you guys have shown him love on those so we're trying to take that over to the research and the fighter we have a better quality mic so you know so watch this on youtube watch it on youtube we will have a youtube channel up soon where you can watch all of these and we'll put our uh first couple podcasts that don't have the video camera but you can still listen to them on youtube as well and we will see more in the future. We're either looking at doing either one podcast a week now where we just do a review and a preview in the same one or still going back to the good old two podcast a week. We will figure that out as we go by it through ear. If you want us to do a nickname podcast, put it in the comments. If you want us to just like specifically have a podcast where we spend like 30 minutes just talking about our favorite nicknames in the UFC. Because I'll do it. We'll do it. I mean, you just have to, you just got to show us the love out there. I mean, dude, first of all, I, I got to commend the drip you came out with today. Uh, you, you're looking like Kamzat Kamayev out there. Thing. Just coming just coming out here looking like Kamzat Kamayev. For those of you also who don't know, if you're looking for any entertainment in your day besides listening to our beautiful voices and looking at our beautiful faces, check out Kamzat Kamayev's YouTube channel. He just made a YouTube channel, and I think the editing on that is, is ten times better than the UFC editing right now. I think it gets me going. It gets me excited. Uh Boars will be a new champion in in the welterweight division by the end of 2022, guaranteed. Uh, but that's a topic for another video. Shout out, Boars. Shout out, Boars. All right. Peace. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. And we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>